Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Revolt Black News, presented by State Farm. This week in Revolt Black News, it's not so much about who's repping the flag, but it's more about who's repping us. See, from the Olympic Games to our brother Shine in Belize, our blackness transcends across the globe. And sports so often can be that tool and platform for this transformation to happen. Just look at some of those playing in the NBA Finals right now, like Chris Paul, who's been all over the world, or his foe, Giannis, over on the Bucks, a black man who hails from Greece. So listen, this week, maybe it's time to raise our own black flag. But how do we get there? We do so by raising the torch. The question is, are you ready to grab it first? Welcome to Revolt Black News. I'm your host, Ebony K. Williams. Now, the Olympic Games in Tokyo are just a week away, and a whole lot's been going on in the news cycle, so we put together an all-star A-list team to help break it all down. Joining me is Olympian track star Sanya Richards-Ross. She won the gold herself at the 2012 Summer Olympics. We also have Maritza McClendon. She is the first Puerto Rican of African descent to be a member of the U.S. Olympic swimming team, and she's the first black swimmer for the U.S. to win an Olympic medal. Excellent. And we also have Nazinga Prescott. She is a two-time Olympian and world champion fencer. So Queens, we honor you and welcome to the show. All right, I'm gonna start this one with you, Sonia. So, you know, one of the biggest pieces of news that I think we're all still reeling with on our social media feeds is, is the fact that we were all so excited and so hopeful, uh, of course, around Shakari Richardson, who we now know tested positive for marijuana use, which she was fully accountable for, uh, that she said she was using the substance to help her grieve the loss of her mother, who just recently passed. You uh, are a, a literal gold medalist in the track world. What is your perspective um, on everything that happened with her? Well, I mean, first, just like the public, it was really hard because you understand just how difficult of a time she was having. As a young woman, a superstar, losing her mom, I just can't imagine what that was like for her. And as a track athlete and fan, to see the buzz, the excitement, so many people excited about the sport and excited to watch the Olympics, I was sad for the fans, sad for her. But ultimately, you know, she had to pay the consequences and they only banned her for a month. So they were very generous to her, but it just came at the worst possible time. The worst possible time. All right. Nzinga and um, Maritza, I want to ask you both. You both come from worlds um, that don't traditionally have a lot of black or brown athletes fencing and, of course, swimming. Um, being Olympians, um, as you both are on that global stage, you know, nothing is like it. How do you both feel um, in underrepresented sports, uh, when people ask black athletes to boycott the Olympics and take them out of that competition space? Especially in the United States, it's not on TV. So the Olympics is a big thing for, for fencers, especially sports that aren't televised as frequently, um, that are less mainstream. So for, for the black community to boycott um, the Olympics, you know, when it's the time to be recognized and to be visible after like your hard physical labor 
um, of all your, your years of work, um, it's disappointing, I can imagine. Um, it's, it's very important to have that support, um, not only emotionally to feel supported, but also, um, you know, for endorsements, for sponsorships. The same thing for swimming. The Olympics are the one time every four years that swimming is one of the most popular sports in our country. And um, it's an opportunity for awareness to be raised. Um, you know, for swimming, 64% of black people don't know how to swim. And this year at the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games, we'll have two black females on the Olympic swim team. So it's an opportunity to raise awareness of a, a bigger cause. And it's so critically important and powerful um, to, to kind of change those narratives of what black people do. There was a time I'm old enough to remember when, although, you know, um, not the first to do it, um, we didn't think of black women playing tennis. And that would seem like crazy now because of the dominance of the Williams sisters, you know, um, and the legacy that they created. So I'm just excited, frankly, um, for what is, is, is changing right before our very eyes as a, as a world and as a nation. Um, I want to start with you on this one, Sanya. When you compete internationally, which of course you've done several times, how do you feel you're perceived um, as a black American and, and a black woman internationally versus here in the States? Does it feel different? Track and field is so popular overseas and in Jamaica and all of these places. And we are really like welcomed with open arms. They really appreciate our performances. You know, they think of us as like superheroes. But I also can't neglect that. I'll never forget there was a time when I was actually training in Switzerland and I was in a gym and I have gotten so used to you know, being in spaces and, you know, I didn't even realize I was the only black person working out in the gym. And my trainer who was from Switzerland, who speaks Swiss German, heard one of the men say, what is that black doing here? And I've experienced it both here and abroad. Um, yeah, like places like Cuba, it's like the warmth you feel from the people is just like, I, it's like amazing. It's like, man, I love competing in like a black country. Um, and then like on the reverse, competing in somewhere like Poland, um, like you enter the grocery store, everyone's looking at you funny. Yes, I'm deeply familiar with the global anti-black sentiment. Um, and the only thing that I feel good about in this moment is we can call a thing a thing today. We get to say that um, and pronounce it. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's really important in this work. Um, for the last question, I want to hear from each of you queens, and I'll start with you, Maritza. Uh, to the younger generation listening and watching this conversation, do you have any motivational words um, as they are pursuing their own careers in sports, particularly those that are choosing sports, um, maybe like swimming or fencing um, or golf or other spaces where, you know, black and brown faces are a bit less prevalent? Never give up, right? Turn any negative situation into something positive. I think for me, I've had so many um, barriers and so many people that have really tried to knock me down, but I've continued to get back up and be even stronger. And I just, I really think that's really important for our youth to know that there's support systems out there. There's mentors, grab onto them, have idols, look into them and, and befriend them on social media if you can. And making sure that you realize what your goals are, are your goals and you should always go after them no matter what. Sports can be your greatest life teacher. I gained so much confidence. I learned the importance of hard work and discipline. I had the opportunity to travel the world because I participated in sports. And so, you know, I, I would tell young girls that even if they're feminine and beautiful, you can bring all of that to sports. 
And even if you don't achieve them, it will help you to achieve that next thing that you want to do in life. And I just can't say enough about sports. Like, I'm still so passionate about it because it's just absolutely life-changing. Dare to be different. Like, uh, there are um, these sports, less mainstream sport, like less mainstream sports, like fencing, um, like other Olympic sports, they're, they're an opportunity to explore. Um, I think sports is just like a really great opportunity to, to build a really strong mind, like, like Sonny was saying. Um, like my character, I think, you know, is, I really credit sport to, for, for why I'm such a strong person. So um, I really would like to encourage all, all young people to watch the Olympics um, because it's just, it's a great opportunity to, to, to see everyone's hard work um, and see like people's amazing abilities from their hard work um, to do like incredible things with their bodies. Well, this is my first Olympics not competing in since 2012. So. <laughs> um, I'm really wow. looking forward to watching like as a spectator because um, I've always loved watching the Olympics. So, I mean, where else, you know, how often do we get that opportunity to see that level of like what each one of you ladies has said, the discipline in action. You see like the manifestation of that commitment. Brother Bolt, who practices four years, as all of you queens do, for what, nine seconds? You know, to run yes. away for nine seconds? And we're sitting over here, you know, bitching half the time, us regular folks, you know, if, if we don't have success in two weeks, come on. You know, this, this commitment um, that, that will be on display in Tokyo, particularly among black athletes is something I'm very excited for. Sonia, Maritza, and Singa, I could talk to you ladies all day. I want to thank you all for your excellence, for your representation of the beauty of Black folk. We appreciate you. Up next, we have your headlines. Stay with us. We've got much more Revolt Black News after this. needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba da ba 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 welcome back to Revolt Black News here are this week's headlines there's a whole lot going on internationally so we want to start with some updates regarding the assassination of Haiti President Jovenel Moïse. Now, reports are saying that one of the suspects arrested is actually a former confidential source for the USDEA. His name, Joseph Vincent. And now another American has been arrested in connection, a traveling pastor named Christian Emmanuel Sonon, who some allege is one of the masterminds. So let's watch. Police have identified the suspect as a Haitian national. Other reports say that the man was a U.S. resident. He arrived in Haiti on a private plane to fulfill political objectives. He had contact with a private security company to recruit some of the people who committed this act. Police had already arrested a number of Haitians and Colombians suspected of being part of the assassination unit responsible for last week's killing of President Jovenel Moïse. But many questions remain. 
and former president of South Africa, Jacob Zuma. He's been arrested for contempt in court and he'll serve 15 months in prison. The arrest has led to national outrage with people rioting and looting in the streets. And the South African army has also been deployed. So far, upwards of 72 people have been killed and 1,200 people have been arrested. Let's watch. In the past days, looting has spread from stores to factories and warehouses, ransacking and rioting in South Africa's worst violence since apartheid. From the eastern provinces of KwaZulu-Natal to Johannesburg's economic hub. All of the doors are open. People are walking in. Highways on fire, skies full of smoke. The police hopelessly outnumbered. And in even more international news, in Cuba, citizens are taking to the streets to protest an increasing number of COVID cases. The food shortages and overall living conditions are horrible. Let's watch. In Cuba, days of dissent with chants of liberty and freedom sweeping through the streets of Havana and other cities. Stones thrown at police and dumpsters overturned. The rarity of this type of protest in the communist country still sinking in. As 90 miles away in Miami, families protesting again overnight, fearful of how the Cuban military might respond to loved ones back home. And after England's loss to Italy this past weekend in the Euro final, three black soccer players for England, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, and Bukaya Saka, who missed their penalty kicks, they all became the subject of rampant racial abuse all across social media. Now, outrage swarmed the various platforms as expected, and in fact, it led the Football Association to condemn the abuse, saying this, we cannot be clearer that anyone behind such disgusting behavior is not welcome in following the team. And even leading up to the tournament, there was actual parliamentary push for the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, to condemn fans for booing football players for kneeling as their display of unity in the fight against racism. He did not choose to do it, but the Prime Minister did, however, release a statement after the incident happened saying this, this England team deserves to be lauded as heroes, not racially abused on social media. And over in COVID news, experts are saying that both the new Delta strain and unvaccinated Americans are leading a surge in cases in the U.S. Let's take a look. Now, the states with the highest infection rates are ones where we do see Delta really predominant and also see uh, lower vaccination rates. The red there is where the CDC says the highest transmission is happening in the country. States like Arkansas, Missouri, Florida is a real worry right now. Louisiana and Nevada all seeing the highest per capita case rates right now. And in Texas on Tuesday, Texas House Republicans voted to track down absent Democrats and arrest them after those Democrats decided to leave for Washington to deny a quorum to vote on tightening voting restrictions in the state. Now, the bill itself does lack jurisdiction since House Democrats would literally be out of state. But one of the GOP, Mr. Jim Murphy, did concede the point and say, we want them to come back. That's our message. And President Joe Biden was in Philadelphia speaking to the overall grander issue of voting rights. Let's take a look. More than 80 judges, including those appointed by my predecessor, heard the arguments. In every case, neither cause nor evidence was found 
to undermine the national achievement of administering the historic election in the face of such extraordinary challenges. All right, y'all, that's it for this week's headlines. Up next, Kaz and sports legend Jalen Rose are going to break down this week's sports headlines, so stick around. We've got much more Revolt Black News after this. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. It's your boy Kaz here with this week's sports headlines. And joining me is not just an NBA legend and sports commentator. He's an NBA legend for basketball culture in general. And you can catch him covering the NBA Finals for ESPN. We got the one and only Jalen Rose. Jalen, how you doing, partner? What up, though? Thank you for having me on. A huge fan of the show, major fan of the network. I'm supporting 24-7, 365. That's right. That's right. That's one thing you love to hear. But let's get right to it. The NBA Finals are currently going on. And I just want to know how we're feeling about this matchup because it's the first time in a decade we got no LeBron James, no Stephen Curry. But it feels like this is the beginning of a new era for the NBA. Jalen, in your expert opinion, what are your thoughts on that? And it's great for the game. Here's why. When we start having go conversations, MJ not only has six championships, but he has two separate three-peats. Mm. And I bring that up because during his era of winning championships, he retired two of those years, and the Houston Rockets won it. So now when you look back at history, a lot of people dismiss a lot of the great players that he played against. Carl Malone and John Stockton. Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller, Gary Payton, Clyde Drexler, before he was in Houston, he eventually got, before he was in Portland, he eventually got one in Houston. Now, if you look at this era, when you talk about the finals not having a LeBron or a Steph Curry, what has happened is they got their rings, dog. LeBron <laughs> got his, right? He has four. Yeah, and he got a chance to play with D Wade and Chris Bosh and go back home and play with Kyrie yeah. and Kevin Love and come to L.A. and play with Anthony Davis. And what about Steph Curry? He plays amongst the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green. They added Kevin Durant and won two championships. Now it's somebody else's turn. And that's great for the league. How about two squads that not a player on either team? has ever won a championship. So each of these teams, fan bases, and all of the players are enthusiastic because Milwaukee hasn't done it since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there in 71 with the big O. And the mm. Phoenix Suns have never won a championship. So I'm excited for Giannis, Middleton, and Drew. I'm excited for CP3 and Book. And Aiton has been an emerging player. And it's been an exciting series so far. Now, Jalen, a question I definitely want to get your opinion on is that the Supreme Court recently just passed a law that would allow for NCAA athletes to be paid for their likeness. Anybody who has not lived under a rock and has watched any sort of basketball knows the type of influence and culture that you have bestowed upon basketball players near and far, even down to your given name, Jalen. I mean, there's the for the first time in history, college basketball players, college athletes everywhere can make some money off of their face, off their name, off their likeness. We've seen a lot of players take advantage of that so far. 
I'll love to get your thoughts on what you've seen so far. Is this good? Is this bad? Talk to me. Where's my 40 acres and my mule? I'm on reparation. <laughs> That's what I got to say about this. They owe you. They owe you, man. You know I got my black mean? socks on right now. To now see collegiate players be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, it actually highlights something that I've been saying since I was a collegiate athlete for sure. It was a system of indentured servitude that really punished people of color. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The sports that are primarily black, college football and basketball, same with uh, the pro sports. If you notice after high school, those are the only ones with restrictions. Mm-hmm. You can't go right after high school to the league. It's like, well, you know, you got to go to college. And if you decide you don't want to go to college and feed that system, then, well, I guess you can go overseas. Well, I guess you can play in the G League. Like, you figure it out, but you can't go in the draft right now. And out of high school, I don't think football players are physically ready to play in the NFL, but everybody shouldn't have a standard rule that they need to wait three years. You don't see those restrictions in golf or NASCAR or tennis. You don't see that in those sports. So I always knew, lived, and understood what that represented, and that's why I always was a voice to try to fight it, in particular as a member of the Fab Five and how we were embraced by the culture and vilified for it initially, and then the culture pushed through so strong that now we needed to be accepted, kind of like Muhammad Ali. So as I joke about my reparations, I just can imagine if, I got a dollar or a percentage of every time somebody bought a pair of black socks or wore long shorts. And so while we weren't able to be young entrepreneurs who were able to profit off of it then, I'm glad that young people get the opportunity to do so now. Last last thing I want to get into, the WNBA season is in full effect and they're marking their 25th anniversary with the visibility of women's sports becoming more prevalent in media. Do we see the league becoming more of a household name? You got women like Sabrina Sabrina Ionescu, Candace Parker, Neneka Gumake. I mean, just a great, great crop of young talent coming out of the WNBA. What do you think will be next as far as uh, taking that league to the next level as far as becoming a mainstream sport? So you ready for this, my brother? They Mm. already did it. And gather around. Yeah. Now y'all came to hear Jalen Rose talk some sports, but let me give y'all some game. And so let me tell you what the WNBA did, that Fab Five did, that Muhammad Ali did. And everybody does this in their own way that Colin Kaepernick did. If you're talking about sports as black people, we look at the scoreboard. And this is why I want you to stay inspired. The scoreboard is 400 years of slavery to zero. Mm. We're not going to win the game in our lifetime. But like a football game, try to get a first down, try to get two first downs. And then eventually we got to punt to the next generation. And so the WNBA women, they went with one message. Not 29. They went with one. We all going to put Breonna Taylor's name on the back of our jersey. Say her name. Say 
her name. And you know what else they did? They influenced the election in Atlanta and helped Georgia become a, 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 a state that was flipped for the first time in decades. So their voices, the NBA players' voices, mattered more than the score of the game. So you know what else they did? They now forced the networks to pay attention to the power in their voices, and they got the most viewership ever for their playoff and for the NBA Finals, the WNBA Finals last year. And everything is up. Their drafts are up. Their regular season games are up. Their attendance are up. And by the way, they can ball. But those yeah, of y'all that's like, speaking, that's, that's all that's is watching is. right now, yeah. Tell them, tell them. All that's of the dudes that's, is that's watching right my now, biggest, I get it. My biggest thing, definitely. Like, I understand everybody talking about what, what they need to do, what they do. I'm like, listen, if you like good basketball, you watch the WNBA, period. Like, that's all there like, is to man, it, and I'm pulling your car. All the dogs, they need to lower the rim. <laughs> you know what? I'll take one of them to the post. And that's why I'm like, hit the brakes, dog. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I was at Tennessee visiting... My JV coach, Tony Jones, who was on Bruce Pearl's staff. And the okay. men were in there playing, and Candace Parker was too. And I saw her in there killing them and even dump on one of them. Okay. <laughs> Lisa Leslie, same thing. I seen her play against dudes, put them on the post, jump hook, turn around jumper, elbow to the chest. This idea that your masculinity makes you think that you can beat a woman in basketball while you're going to your regular nine to five job is absurd. You cannot do so. Not gonna but be you able know to what? do it. I'm I, I not, not gonna be able to do it. Nah, I ain't mad at them. I'm mad at them for trying because it makes for great YouTube content when they get their ass bust. So I ain't mad at it. Jayla Rose, thank you for joining me and breaking down all this week's sports headlines. Everybody stick around. Much more Revolt Black news on the way. Revolt fam, Jason Carter here. Excited, wait, super excited to be hosting this week's Black Excellence in Entertainment. And with me is my girl, Mandy B from the Horrible Decisions podcast. What did I do to deserve such Black Excellence with me today? Hey, Mandy. Oh, stop. And it's not Black Excellence, it is Black Sexcellence. Jason, Thank you so much for having me join you today on Revolt Black News. I am elated to be here with you and super excited to see what we're going to talk about today. All right, Mandy, let's get started because the Emmys have just announced their nominees and comedian Cedric the Entertainer is set to host the awards. Last year, of course, we know the awards took place virtually because of the pandemic, but now they're welcoming people back. It's going to be a limited amount of guests and nominees in the building. How are we feeling about Uncle Ced hosting the award show this year? Listen, it's not even about Uncle Said. I am just so happy that we are doing live events again. I'm so sick of everything being virtual, so I love that the world is opening back up, and now we get live performances, live audience interaction. I am elated for that. Elated, me too. Great word, by the way. And secondly, you know, 
you never knew how much you missed something until you didn't have it. We were, we were, we were self-quarantining, we were isolated, we thought wor the world was never gonna open back up. So I think, you know, I want a silver lining is that we are being able to get back safely now with, with vaccinations and knowing what's going on in the world. So I would agree with you, I'm elated as well. Let's talk about some of the Emmy nominations because HBO's <laughs> recently canceled, recently canceled, I still want a decision. That is what I don't I, I, I listen. An how? explanation from HBO about this, right? How? Lovecraft Country racked up a whopping 18 nominations. 18 nominations. Also, post-star MJ Rodriguez also made history as the first trans actress to be non nominated for a lead role. And SNL, Mandy's finally going to get some competition from It's a Black Lady Sketch Show and The Amber Ruffin Show and I May Destroy, which all got nine nominations. But honestly, there's just so many Black nominees this year that it's beautiful. Finally, Hollywood is waking up to the beauty that is Black talent. Absolutely. I mean, I think that Hollywood actually started acknowledging more of us, even last year, because of the Black Lives Matter movement and everything happening in society. Um, I will say my most, like, the, the show that I'm most excited about for sure is Michaela Cole's um, I May Destroy You. I think yes. that what that brought to television and film regarding a little bit of, of, of the Me Too movement, uh, bringing in real period issues, we saw a period blood clot on national television. I just think that it, it, it literally brought all of the conversations into the real life that we haven't seen on TV yet. So I definitely am rooting for Michaela Cole and everyone else black, for sure. For sure, for sure. I couldn't agree more. And Emmy-nominated producer Jesse Collins has been tapped to be this year's American Music Awards show winner as well as executive producer. Now, Jesse Collins Entertainment is set to produce the show that airs November 21st, 2021. Collins has also produced the 2021 halftime show, the Grammys, the Academy Awards. I mean, this dude is booked and busy, knows what he's doing, an industry heavyweight. Are you here for all this awards excellence with Jesse? Am I? 100%. I also love, too, that we have just more of us, once again, Black excellence in front of and behind the camera, making the decisions that need to be made. We see all of this Black excellence in front of and behind the camera, and I absolutely love that we're able to do that beyond Tyler Perry and beyond the people that we know have been in this space. So I'm rooting for Jesse Collins and, again, everyone Black. Love it. Let's kick it over to some sports news after the long-awaited two years. Barbie released the official Barbie role model, Naomi Osaka doll. Now, Osaka posted the doll on Instagram saying she teamed up with Barbie back in 2019 and also shared that the doll is wearing a replica of her 2020 Australian Open outfit. The Barbie doll sold out in a few hours after its release. Now, Mandy, it's okay if you can admit to this. Were you one of the many people who bought the Barbie doll? I have no children. I'm the rich auntie over here. So no, I didn't rush out to get the Barbie doll. Um, I do love that she is still doing things like this. Um, not only for- Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Creating a Barbie with Barbie to go to children. We all know that she's also bringing forward the conversation regarding mental health and in, in athletics. Mm -hmm. So the fact right. that she's not going to be competing um, over the next couple of runs, like I think it's amazing that now she is being represented almost to where children now know who she is. So I just love that because I love everything that she's doing. So now, unfortunately, though, I didn't get the doll. <laughs> Mandy, I'm feeling very nostalgic right now. TV nostalgic because actress. 
Marla Gibbs, famed actress Marla Gibbs, is set to be honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on July 20th. And we know Gibbs is best known for her role on The Jeffersons. Moving on up, moving on up. They should never let me sing on Revolt TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was singing along with you. <laughs> and she took to Instagram, of course, to thank her fans for the achievement. Also, some more Black excellence is being featured and being honored this week. Missy Elliott, Don Cheadle, and others have been announced as recipients. So congrats to Marla and everyone in the 2021 Walk of Fame class. This is great. You know, they need to, they need to give people their flowers while, while, while they're alive. 100%. I love that Missy Elliott is being honored. Um, of course, Marley Gibbs is actually not my era. Um, I would, you know, you're going to kill me. Yes, I'm the rich auntie, but no, I'm a 90s baby. So didn't really watch the Jeffersons or any of the 70s sitcoms the way I should have. Um, but I'm super excited again. Uh, Mr. Cheadle, well-deserved. He's in every movie, I think, playing a captain of some sort. Uh, but I love that, again, yes, everyone is getting their flowers as they deserve while they're still here. And last but not least, Space Jam, A New Legacy, is finally set to hit theaters and streaming on HBO Max tomorrow. Now, the film stars LeBron James, Zendaya, Don Cheadle, and several NBA stars. Mandy, are you excited for this? You know you were singing I, I Believe I Can Fly back in the day, and you had a pair of, like, Space Jam Jordans back in when you were, when you were a 90s kid. First off, that is why this Space Jam is going to be better because the leading song on the soundtrack is not by R. Kelly. Um, okay. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I am super, super, super excited uh, for this film. I love that this is now going to be present for our star of our generation, LeBron James, amongst all of the other players. So I know we have Anthony Davis in there. We have Fear the Brow. He looks like a big bird. That's what I saw uh, in some of the clips. I'm excited to watch this film. I'm excited for the soundtrack. Really, really, really good songs. I know the soundtrack released uh, last week, last Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm just looking forward for the film. Absolutely. Maddie, it has been a pleasure kicking with you here on Revolt News. You are the bomb and we we gotta do this yep. again and thank you so much for spending time with us today oh anytime anytime i'm always here for you guys so thank you so much jason and thank you everyone at revolt for having me on revolt black news today we're actually going to keep the black excellence going because i'm sure many of you watching heard that the beloved actress suzanne douglas passed away at the age of 64. we loved her in the parenthood and we also loved her not only on television but across the silver screen and small stage she was recently seen in the hit Netflix series, When They See Us, and she is survived by her husband and daughter and most definitely will be sorely missed. Rest in power, Suzanne. Take a look. Where's Uncle Richard? Oh, Daddy's not coming. Oh, didn't I tell you? He's president of the division now. He's down in Venezuela, even as we speak. Well, go ahead, Richard. Mm. Selling dog food all over the world. <laughs> when you got the word that you were the one, did any sort of fear and trepidation set in, or did you just, you were just so excited you went for it? Um, I just went for it. I said, oh, I'm ready to embrace this now. I've. I had finally gotten to a point as a person in my life where I felt like I'm ready for this now. I don't think I would have been ready for something like this 10 years ago. I don't think I was mature enough to have handled it uh, then as a person and as an artist. And I'm so glad that it, it happened now when it did. Happy we would be.
nobody near us to see us or hear us. No friends or relations, for weekend vacations. We won't have it known, dear, that we own a telephone. Dear, day will break and I'll awake and start to bake a sugar cake. Welcome back to Revolt Black News Family. It's your guy, Rodney Rakai here. Listen, in case you have not seen it, there is a lot going on over in Belize and their House of Representatives after a potential 11th Amendment to their Constitution was introduced. So we had to bring in some very special guests. You should know him because he is a former legendary bad boy MC. But as of a couple of weeks ago, he is now one of Belize's most powerful politicians. He is the leader of the opposition, a member of the Belize House of Representatives from Mesopotamia. Welcome to the show, the Honorable Sean Barrow. Shalom, good brother. First and foremost, how is your spirit doing today, man? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you. What are the experiences that one must have in the beautiful country of Belize? You know, um, I, obviously I'm biased, but I've been so many places in the world and there's no place better than Belize. You know, Belize, you have the best of everything. Um, you know, if you love beaches, we have the best beaches. We have, you know, the Blue Hole, you know, Divers Paradise. I, I call Belize Paradise Nation. You know, we have the biggest barrier reef in the world other than Australia. You know, we have some of the most lush meadows. We have the Maya temples, you know, so it really is all on what you want to do. You know, we have so much culture, so much great music. The food is incredible. You know, you come to Belize, I don't think you ever want to go back. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good sales pitch right there. I'm all in. Now, why don't you start by walking us through what your current role is in the Belize government, uh, what it consists of, and why it's so important to you? Well, you know, I'm a member of parliament, and, and our parliament is uh, similar to the United States Congress and the United States Senate. And so I would be uh, the equivalent of Nancy Pelosi, uh, or, or um, you know, whoever is on the opposition side. Got it. That, that makes things a lot clearer for myself. Um, yeah. Can you also paint a picture for our viewers out there who maybe are not aware of the Black Belizean community? You know, how similar are the experiences of Black people there in comparison to what goes on here in the States? But I'm really interested to, to understand that. Well, you know, we have a lot of Belizeans in America, uh, you know, in in California, Los Angeles, uh, in Chicago, and certainly from my favorite place in the United States, that would be New York City uh, and, and all the five boroughs. The journey that led you back to Belize was, uh, for many of your fans, one that felt tragic, you know, because you had to serve a 10-year sentence, you know, you were deported upon your release. Were there any elements yeah. of your prison that have helped prepare you for the work that you're doing now in government? Well, I think my entire life prepared me for the role uh, that I have now, which is, you know, a servant uh, leader. My uh, drive, my passion, you know, the thing that would make me most proud, uh, you know, the same way a basketball player wants to win a championship, I would like to see, you know, my country, you know, have free education, 
you know, free health care, you know, uh, you know, just a, a minimum wage, you know, that is, you know, advancing their standard of life. Uh, these are the things that, that consume me. So my entire vision is to create other leaders. I want to have a constituency of leaders, a nation of leaders. I believe everyone, you know, should be independent, self-reliant and not need a politician for anything. I want to get into the 11th Amendment proposed to the Constitution of Belize. Um, this has been making a lot of news as of late, and the amendment seeks to disqualify those who have served a prison sentence following a conviction of a crime from being elected as a member of parliament. You obviously were incarcerated here in America, not Belize, for yeah. several years. So, you know, if that yeah. passed, would this apply to you? And do you think that this is an attack by political opponents trying to unseat you? Yes, you know, um, it's a very dangerous direction that the PUP government uh, is going in. We shouldn't be altering the Constitution to punish someone who already paid, I would say overpaid his debt to society. That was 23 years ago. And as I said, the equivalent of the crime that I was convicted for is aggravated assault here in Belize. And the max for that is two years. And as a first-time offender, the minimum is a $10,000 fine. So really, is this who we are as a society? The hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The minister of constitution is the son of the former prime minister that was arrested for stealing $40 million. He was arrested and charged. So you could argue that him now trying to present a constitutional amendment that would disqualify me, he has some type of ax to grind. You could argue that. Uh, the attorney general, the current attorney general, her father was taken to court, again, by, you know, my political party when we were in government, you know, for stealing land. Being able to convict people like that prime minister, if we had stronger laws, he would have been convicted. So how do you want to punish me that comes from a, judici a, a, a judicial system that I believe overpunished me when we have a judicial system here in Belize that doesn't punish anyone? The only people that get punished in this system are the poor people. Many people may not know that your father, Dean Barrow, you know, is a former prime minister of Belize, and he's been very vocal about the 11th Amendment targeting of you. Uh, he issued a statement in saying that it is ambiguous enough, it is open-ended enough that I don't put anything past the government, which is quite the statement for a past prime minister. Um, so can you speak a little bit about the broader scope of the Belizean government? Uh, we know in America that far too often things for our government, our government does not necessarily prioritize caring for the people in the way that the Constitution yeah. states uh, that it would like to. So can you speak to the, the, what goes well, on? Well, this is a perfect example of the misprioritization uh, of the government policies that we have. Um, you know, we should be worried about COVID-19 uh, emergency relief. You know, we should worry about, you know, opening the economy 
so that we could get people back to work. We were going to celebrate Emancipation Day for the first time uh, officially in our country after all these years. And so I don't like to play the race card, but we have to go back to look at the people who are disproportionately impacted by poverty. And they're the Afro, uh, Afro-Belizeans. Those are the people. They were subjugated. They were uh, trained, conditioned to be enslaved peoples. But no one, where, where's the um, reparations? No one ever came back and said, you know, well, let's train you to be an entrepreneur. Let's train you to be self-reliant. Let's train you to be independent. Let's train you for a better life. And so, again, when they face the criminal justice system, they don't have lawyers. They don't have the resources. So there was someone that went to jail for a year for stealing a can of corned beef. And they stole the can of corned beef because they were hungry. So imagine you had another lawyer who assaulted someone and she got a uh, $100 fine for assault, just to show you the disparity of the criminal justice system in our society. Yeah, this sounds uh, eerily similar to things that, that go on here in the States, man. It's crazy, the parallels. It's really insane. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, is there a website or any resources that you want to leave the viewers with so they can learn more about your work? You know, people could follow me on Instagram, uh, shine underscore BZ, or uh, on Facebook, um, you know, just uh, shine uh, Barrow, and, you know, see all the great work that I'm doing uh, here uh, in uh, Belize and the inspiration. You know, uh, you, you, you have to be inspired. And I think there's a whole lot of inspiration to get from my journey of never giving up, uh, never being defeated, never feeling sorry for myself, and, and always looking forward. You know, because it gets dark. You know, but if you keep walking, if you keep crawling, you'll get to the light. Man, powerful words. I can't tell you how much this, this conversation means to me. As a young man who grew up in, in Essex County, New Jersey, you were, you were one of the heroes. So this has truly been a pleasure and a privilege to have this, this dialogue with you and to see how passionate you are. Thank you. The Honorable Shine Barrow, Black man, we appreciate your time and all of your hard work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and putting us on to everything that is happening in Belize. You have our full support. All right, Ev, back over to you, fam. Rodney, Shine, thank you both so much for that illuminating conversation. Listen, y'all at home, I really want to encourage you to get engaged with Shine's situation with the Belizean government. And you can do that by watching a special episode of Revolt Black News that just aired yesterday on the Revolt YouTube channel. Listen, it gives his whole story a more holistic telling. It's only about 20 minutes of your time, and it helps you deeply understand the 10-year prison sentence that Shine served here in America, and how now the Belizean government, the politicians there today, they're trying to use that American incarceration to unseat him from a non-American government position. I really want to encourage you to look at the layers of injustice there. It's very deep. So do yourself a favor and check it out. For Revolt Black News, I'm Ebony K. Williams. See you next time.
Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.